FT Weekend Food and Drink is supported by Plymouth Gin. Hi, FT Weekend listeners. This is Lila. I'm here to welcome you to some summer bonus content. For four weeks, we will be publishing special food and drinks themed mini episodes. Midweek, every Wednesday. For each one, I'm approaching a different expert that I think is really good at something and asking them to teach us about that thing. We'll talk wine trends with one of the world's most influential wine critics, Jancis Robinson. We'll talk taste and flavor with the chef of one of my favorite restaurants in New York, Aisha Nurjaya. And today, on this very first episode of the series, I'm joined by Andy Baragani. Andy is a chef and food writer. He's worked in kitchens from Chez Panisse to Estella, and he spent years developing recipes and making viral cooking videos for Bon Appetit. This year, Andy came out with a cookbook that I have been leaning on heavily. It's called The Cook You Want to Be. And I've had him on to learn exactly how we can build all of our experiences into a personal home cooking style. It's a chance to think about what we're choosing to cook and what makes those dishes or styles of cooking specifically feel like ours. Okay, this is FT Weekend, the podcast special edition. I'm Lila Raptopoulos. Here's Andy. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lila. Thank you for having me. One of the things that I really liked about your videos and that I love about your cookbook is that it's very honest and it's sweet. And it sort of makes me feel like my kitchen can be a little chaotic and like I can trust myself to improvise on the spot and that I'll be okay. And then I'm learning like not just like how to follow this list of ingredients and the order in which I use them, but how to just do it myself without worrying. Um, So I'm curious, like, you know, what advice do you have for people who are trying to find their voice as a home cook? Cooking is a low risk investment. You know, it's, it's, it's not something that typically won't cost a ton of money. It's okay if, if it doesn't go right, because Hopefully, and what I, I really like to promise people is that even if something doesn't go right, you will likely learn something and it's a lesson to have absorbed and so that, you know, you won't kind of do that ever again and you'll try something yeah. um, and do it a different way. So that's one thing. I also find that you have to be open and curious and challenge oneself. I, I really do mean this. This applies both in and out of the kitchen. Whatever kind of craft it is, I think when I think about my own life and about the kind of important uh, moments and lessons that I've learned, it is when I've been the most kind of uncomfortable or vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So what's an example of doing something uncomfortable in the food realm? I would say one of the uh, easier things is um, if you're at a market, whether it's a piece, a, a produce item or a spice um, I would, if it's within your budget, I would buy it and I would try mm-hmm. it. And I would try it on its own. Just if it's a specific type of citrus, I would, you know, take a segment and try it and see what it tastes. Is it sweet? Is it tart? Where does it fall under that range? Uh, is, is this zest a little bit bitter or is it more floral and sweet? Try using the zest in a salad, use the juice and reduce it down with a little bit of butter and see what that tastes like. But Play with it. Experiment. What would be like a simple way to experiment? You can teach a home cook about a new ingredient. It's hard to tell a home cook to teach them about a new ingredient and then give them this really technical recipe. 
So the first part is like challenge yourself to try a new ingredient, play around with that. The second part is see um, if you would uh, try a technique you've never done. If you've ever kind of made a aioli before, if you've done that, just emulsifying, you know, oil with egg yolk and making homemade aioli. And then you have this base and you can make it garlicky by adding a little bit of garlic or herby by adding some chopped fresh herbs, a little bit of lemon juice. Those two things are very essential um, in mm-hmm. order to kind of understanding what kind of cook you want to be, what your cooking style is, what flavors you're drawn to. And the goal is not for it to always be right. You might not like every technique and want to apply it to your kitchen. You might not like every ingredient that you buy or all the flavor combinations. But by kind of understanding what you're drawn to and what you're not drawn to, that'll give you a better definition of what your cooking style is. Yeah. Andy, I'd love to hear how you first got interested in food? Like, what are your earliest memories of food and of cooking? That's a big question from the beginning. (laughs) Um, The foods that I was introduced to at an early age were the foods that my parents brought and traditions they brought from their their native home country of Iran. They they came to the U.S., in the late 70s, just before the, the Iranian revolution. Mm-hmm. And so from my earliest memories really are having a lot of people over at my parents' home. They were the kind of first ones to leave Iran and come to the U.S. And so there was always an additional someone to feed, whether it was an uncle or aunt or cousins, grandparents. Um, so I, a lot of those dishes of Iranian food are my, my earliest memories. Um, I'm curious sort of what your family was cooking growing up and what what you took from that into your style? Well, I think the food is acidic and heavy on herbs and a deep love for dairy uh, in the form of yogurts. And it's actually a quite delicate cuisine. It's not heavily spiced. There's no really fiery heat to the flavors. Uh, you'll see a little bit of heat uh, in, in the southern area of, of Iran. They love rice, and it's never a side dish. It's always the main event. Uh, right. Many different types of beautiful flatbreads, uh, highly seasonal stews made up of fruits and meats and, and herbs, and uh, a lot of yogurt sauces that don't just have yogurt and cucumber, but sometimes will have uh, walnuts and pistachios, raisins, sizzled mint, uh, green garlic, uh, it's a really, really beautiful cuisine that um, part of my my job as as a writer and recipe developer is really kind of bring that food to people's home. I discovered your work deep in the pandemic, actually. I had all of these herbs going bad, and I knew about kuku sabzi, a Persian dish, Iranian dish from growing up. And I found your Bon Appetit video on YouTube. It's like my favorite thing I made in the pandemic, and I still make it all the time. I'm curious about your experience putting that video out. You wrote a piece a few years ago about how cooking helped you be open about your ethnicity and that growing up you wanted to hide your Iranian identity. Can you tell me about that and and how that changed? So cuckoo is a kind of a genre of egg-based dishes um, in, in Iranian cuisine, and sabzi means greens. I mean, that was definitely one of the harder pieces of writing. Um, when I did that video, it was one of actually the first videos I ever did for, for Bonap. And I remember mm-hmm. 
pitching the video and it was kind of had a lukewarm response of even being embraced. I think we have to remember like it was a different time and but I I just had this feeling that something that I grew up was so easy to make and people were going to be able to learn about this dish, make it, learn ab- about this dish from a very special cuisine that um from a culture that hasn't always been highlighted in the most positive light in this country. I eventually shot that video and it took off. And so uh that dish has followed me very much throughout my life and the essay that you mentioned about talking about my my ethnicity I should say that I've loved Iranian food throughout my life, but I never had a desire to learn that food and to cook that food. That was the food mm-hmm. that I grew up with, that was my family's food, but that wasn't my cooking style. But um it kind of did change when I had to uh do some research and work with my mother on a story and we ended up kind of featuring I don't know maybe eight or nine of my mother's dishes and I really fell in love with that food again and so I started incorporating those techniques and flavors of Iranian food into my own cooking style Okay Andy I would love to do a quick speed round with you with the time we have left Are you ready Yeah I'm okay. okay what is the most underappreciated herb Fresh bay leaves Bay leaves Yeah the fresh bay leaves are kind of amazing I think fresh mint is is uh underused I think it's you looked at it as like a garnish or a little goes a long way but I think it's so delicious in in pastas or torn in 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 salads um or or pounded um to make like a little bit of a minty basil pesto I think it's so delicious Use more than you think Use more than you think always Yeah always okay good Favorite summer salad Uh it's a dish that I keep making from my book actually and it's called Uh, the recipe name is juicy tomatoes with Italian chili crisp and you just take good tomatoes season with salt splash them with vinegar i like sherry vinegar and then you make this spicy oil made with extra virgin olive oil sliced garlic anchovies and you cook until the garlic is crispy and then you add mm. chili flakes and fennel seeds and then you pour this hot garlicky spicy fatty oil on the the vinegar tomatoes and sprinkle it with basil or parsley and It's quite delicious. What's a spice that you would recommend people experiment with? It doesn't have to be the most useful spice, but just like a, a interesting one to play with. I use a lot of turmeric, so that's something that I think people should be using uh cooking in oil or butter, pouring it over yogurt as a turmeric dip, uh mm. butter and and tossing that with rice, sprinkling it over proteins, fish, meat, uh and putting it on the grill or searing it. I I love it so much. I also think and this is a really simple one that a lot of us have whole black peppercorns. I mean, it adds texture if it's coarse. I think cooking it in butter and oil and adding pasta or rice it add, it adds like a nice lingering heat huh. um mild heat that i really really love black peppercorns are something that i use a lot of andy this is a pleasure thanks so much for being on the show thank you for having me that is our first of four mini episodes on food and drink you can check back next wednesday for the second i am speaking with aisha nurjaya chef of shuka and shuket about how to flavor and how to taste I have put links to everything that Andy and I mentioned in this episode in the show notes. This show was produced by Molly Nugent, executive produced by Tofer Forhez and Cheryl Brumley, and engineered by Breen Turner with original music by Metaphor Music. 
special thanks to Alistair Mackey. It's summer, and you know what that means. It's time for a Plymouth gin and tonic. So grab yourself a glass and some ice. Start with a pourer of Plymouth gin, which is distilled using a blend of seven botanicals. Add in some tonic, then finish with a slice of orange. Now that is the perfect gin and tonic. Plymouth gin, distilled with care and craft in England since 1793.